we're back with another installment of The Lowdown, the podcast series by DNL Transport, where we're bringing you raw, candid interviews with some successful freight brokers. It's an excellent series. We've lined up some great guests as part of this podcast series, and today is no different. Uh, today, we're thrilled to be joined by Matt in Missouri. Uh, Matt, welcome aboard. Hey, how are you? <laughs> good, good, good. You've been at uh, you've been at this game a long time, Matt. Uh, do you like your job? Oh, I love my job. Yeah, I've been doing it for about uh, twenty years now, and I've pretty much stuck to it. There's no 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 way out, basically. So I, <laughs> I enjoy it. Well, twenty years. I, you're you're not an old man, so twenty years is a long time. Tell us a little bit about that career, that twenty year career. I mean, you can paint it whatever kind of picture you want, but but 20 years is a long time, and you've uh, probably seen a lot in this industry, but tell us a little bit about that career, kind of how you got your start and uh, ramp us up to where we are now. Yeah. Um, well, I really started um, as a file boy. I came in, I was working for a company called Allstate, and we started out, and I was just new that I they had salesmen. I knew they were doing something. I actually didn't even know what freight brokerage was at the time. But my mother-in-law had told me that it's something that I could probably do, and it was, you know, it was in sales. So I decided, all right, I'll try it. Well, I started as a file boy for a guy, and ended up answering the phone for him one time. And the next day, the very next day, I had my desk, and boom, I started doing freight brokerage. Back then, though, it was a little different. You did the sales, and then you had a guy next to you that did your dispatching. So you didn't even hardly mess with the trucks. You were basically strictly in sales trying to find customers and, and freight. And then that person next to you would dispatch it or try to find the carrier for that load, which was fine, and I enjoyed it. It was just it was a, it was just one of those spur-of-the-moment deals that I didn't really understand it until like uh really after september 11th it was a uh, a lot harder things got a lot more difficult it was pretty easy at that time before september 11th and then that hit and it kind of made things a little tougher to get freight and the customers were going bankrupt for some you know after that happened so yeah tighter economy right so you know that was kind of right at the beginning of all of it but Prior to that, things were really nice. I mean, I was making 20% instead of what I'm making now, which is a lot more than that. So it's, and still making pretty good money. So pre 9 11 was great. And after that, it kind of got shaky for about four or five years. But really, you know, it was one of the biggest things was I never really wanted to go into work. So I would go in at nine o'clock or 10 and my boss would be like, well, you know, I worked for till noon and the money was still coming in and everybody was kind of wondering why I could get to do that. Well, it ended up, I just started working out of my house and I feel like really that was the beginning of when the agent started. I've heard some good stories about the early days. Um, Sounds like it was quite a uh, quite a journey there early on. Allstate and early DNL. Oh yeah, Allstate was great. Those were times where <laughs> it was easy. It was fun. Like I said, pre nine eleven, and then things got a little crazy. When after after nine eleven, it was just hard to be in the office 
uh, trying to collect money and it was just loud in there and it just wasn't worth it. It just really just was better to be working out of the house. Yeah. Which I enjoyed because I never really wanted to go into work anyway when I'm talking to my customers on my cell phone and boom, everybody's got a computer. So it was like, well, what was the, what was the point? Why did I need to go in? Yep. But, well, yeah, DML, yeah, when I started DML, things were a lot different. It was a lot, a lot more smooth, <laughs> a lot less problems. Yeah. Well, I, I, you've obviously had success. Uh, obviously had some good stories. I've always admired your confidence, uh, not a cockiness, but a confidence. Do you, th- is that kind of your secret sauce to, to your success or what kind of take us down that road? What do you attribute? And, and by success, you know, you can define that really anyway, financially, you could define it by, you know, a good stable career. You could define it by great relationships with, you know, people you work with, carriers, customers, but, but, uh, what do you attribute your your success to? I definitely think you know. You're right. It's I mean this game is this this job is a it's a numbers game anyway. So it's you know it's being you know knowing what you're doing is one of the biggest things. Having you know having confidence in yourself and knowing that if you're going to get take something from someone that you're going to move it. And once you do that, and they see that as your customer, boom! It's usually makes it a lot easier uh, you know if you start something and, and do it half-ass so you say i mean it's kind of what you get so i think just kind of getting the freight was one of the main thing and just being relentless never saying you know taking no for an answer for sure but then you know making sure it was you know was done properly it was taken care of properly was the second thing so after that i mean it's all about personality and who you talk, you know, you get, you can't just get prey from someone and expect it to happen forever. You've got to, you know, have a relationship with that person. Uh, you've got to laugh about some things and you've got to talk about other things that are not even work related. I think in order to build a good relationship, but that being said, once you do that, I don't think you have to do that nonstop anymore because of the, technology that we have with emailing and things basically you do all that through emails now so yeah. it's kind of it's changed a little bit now but back then it was more on the phone you were right in their face all the time where now it makes it a little more difficult because a lot of these you know a lot of people don't want to talk to you on the phone they're busy they'd rather just send it to an email so yeah it's changed a little bit well, I, I would assume over the years you've developed some pretty good, pretty good relationships. Probably valuable, obviously valuable to your career. But uh, do you find that that you, you know, enjoy these kind of the development of these relationships with, you know, sh- oh, sure. shippers and even maybe even on the carrier side? Oh, sure, without a doubt. You know, there's always some that you don't, of course, that you just got to suck it up and be nice but yeah definitely without a doubt 90 percent of them are you know people i like like i like to go hunting and fishing and i've got three or four customers that send me pictures of the things that they went hunting and fishing for so without a doubt having something in common you build relationships in that alone that that helps yeah i'm glad you brought up out of the office because it's a uh, you're a fun guy it's a stressful job what you know, 
we we kind of want to know who you are. What do you do to relieve stress? I mean, obviously you mentioned hunting and fishing. Do you do that locally? Do you travel for that? Tell us a little bit about what you do to kind of blow off some steam. Yep, definitely. That's, you've got to have that in this business. And that's another thing because you will get burnt out. You can get burnt out, especially even in one day you can get burnt out. So it's like, for me, I live in the country and, I might at noon just hop on the four-wheeler and go out to the woods and just listen to the birds or whatever it may be just to kind of release yourself. Um, but that's me. I like hunting and fishing and golfing. So I like, you know, swimming and things outdoors. So yeah, getting outside and, and things like that basically release helps, helps a lot for your release of that. Now, can you hunt on your property? Yes, you can. Do I don't... <laughs> You're, that's kind of odd because I'm a hunter, but I don't hunt on my own property because it's just, I don't know why. Because you, you feel like they're part of your family? Right. Yeah, it's more like, like I said, I go out and listen to it. You watch them every day and yeah, exactly. I go hunt up north though. <laughs> yeah. You know, like so many, a couple hours away when I could do it right here. But Hunting and fishing is getting out and the camaraderie of, of your, the people you're hunting with is, is huge when you're doing things like that. Right. Right. So it's really not even about that. It's just getting out, really. Well, what, uh, you know, like like you indicated, like we've talked about, you've been doing this a long time. I don't know if you have vivid memories of kind of, you know, your early days, but if you could think back and give yourself advice kind of on day one of your career, what do you think that would be? You know, that's a good question. I mean, for sure, I would say <laughs> not go out as much and save money. I would definitely say that. Yeah. Which I think most people would. But that's a really good question. I mean, I really don't know that I would change a thing uh, just because of the way things have turned out. I would mean, hate to go back, change something, and then it wouldn't be the way that it actually turned out. So. I don't know if I would even change a thing. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I mean, maybe uh, some advice would be to get a higher percentage because we're making a lot more now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, that would be the biggest advice. would be like, man, you're, you're taking 20%. You know, one day you're going to make three times that. So it's, that would be the, one of the biggest things probably. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you fear anything in this industry? I mean, do you, you you look at your current, you know, career, you look at some, maybe some, some uncertainty about the industry. Oh, sure. Do you, are there specific things you fear? I mean, maybe even day to day, just maintaining those customer relationships, but. Wh- wh- oh, sure. Yep. Yeah. You're always, you're losing a customer a year, I mean, on average or every two years anyway, you've got to, it, it just keeps revolving. So it's hard to say I fear that, but I mean, I fear something else changing. I mean, it's got to change. Eventually transportation may change, I think in the next 20 years, but I don't, you know, it's hard to say that I would fear it too much or that I think about it that often, but it's probably, I do believe going to happen, but you just got to get up and make that money. I mean, it doesn't matter what you, what you got going on, get the freight, move it and, and move on. I, I really hate to worry about the next day. Right. That's I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, 
Because when you wake up that morning, you don't have a dollar in your pocket. I mean, you have to make it throughout that day. So it's not, you know, you have to worry about it from day to day. It's hard to push it to the next. Yeah. I guess you kind of, it kind of that happened with e-logs. And I think that's part of the reason why I think right now is a great time to be a broker. Uh, yeah, because the e-logs hit, the e-logs hit last year. And I think it put a lot of people in scare. So the, the price of freight went up. So what happens is everything's went down since that because there really wasn't an e-log scare. I don't believe in my eyes. I didn't. I haven't had a problem yet, really, with it. Yeah, I think it was a little less than we thought. But yeah, go ahead. But yeah, so that boosted the price of freight for me, anyway. And I'm not sure if this is the case with everybody, but that price has kind of had kind of stayed that way for the last year. And now they're starting to figure out. Well, hey, this is kind of going down a little bit, so the rates are going down a little bit. But I think that had something to do with it. Yeah. And yeah, that's kind of been my philosophy on it. But I don't, I, you know, I'm not sure if it was e-logs or if that's just kind of the way the market was. It just kind of went up at this time, you know, because it does that as well. So. Right. Yeah. You know, to your point about you kind of just wake up and take it as it comes is uh, kind of how you have to approach it, I guess. Well, right. That's like any sales. If you, if you're in sales, I mean. Nine times out of ten, you you have to wake up and sell. I mean, that's what you have to do. So you might as well just do it. Yeah. How much of yep. your how much of your knowledge? You know, we'll call you a subject matter expert. Let's say uh, with your particular type of you know industry and your type of freight. How much does that give you a leg up on kind of your competition? If it does. Yeah, I think it does. I mean, like. You got to know what kind of, if you're loading a flatbed and, and, you know, you've got three or four different kinds of trailers that you could use and you didn't know it. And all of a sudden it's a, it's a little bit better, better price because they've got this specialty trailer that they, no one can use, especially on flatbeds like a Conestoga. I mean, a lot of people will call and it's like, yeah, I can use a Conestoga. So knowing that you can, knowing what really your docks, your shipping and your receiving docks can do is huge. Right. Um, now, what kind of freight it is, I mean, it's, yeah, you've got to know if it's, a, if it's reefer freight, you better know the temperature. But there's really, it's not in your hands. So, I mean, you just got to kind of make sure the driver knows what's supposed to be going on and hope, hoping that he understands that the pallets need to be put together the way they are so they don't tip over and, and things like that. But that's kind of out of your hands, you know what I mean? Right. But I would think even, you know, you look at some of these these boiler room shops, brokerage shops, you know, the, right. the, the folks in there are not subject matter experts, or at least most of them. And I would think that would be for somebody like you and, and another, you know, brokerage agent who's, you know, kind of has your own kind of business going with the support kind of of DNL behind you. But I would think that would give you a leg up over some of those folks. No, def- definitely. Knowing what you're doing definitely helps you, especially when you're talking to your customers. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Yep. I've got a customer now, a brick we move and it's uh you know, they trust me enough that there's not even they don't even ask me the rate. It's just move the freight and we'll worry about the rate later. We know you know what you're doing. It's gonna be there in a day or two. We don't even have to worry about it. Right. That's nice. That 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 yep. tells you yeah. And then you've gotta make sure you're that guy that doesn't you know, spend t- take too much from them. You just make it reasonable and move on. Right. 
Yep. That way they call you they call you on the next one. Well, and I know kind of being your own boss and having your own, and, and as you mentioned earlier, kind of working from home, you know, you can't necessarily be on an island. Obviously, you're running your own business, but you've got kind of this corporate office behind you. Um, sure. Does that, the agency model and the corporate office, the, the, the support office behind it, does that help you kind of further your, your business and your career? Without a doubt. It makes everything I mean, so much easier on a broker because, well, there's a multiple reasons why carriers wanting to use you uh, because of day, days of pay would be one. Uh, that's one of the most important. I mean, if you're getting calls from people and they're not using you because, you know, of pay or, or you have problems with this or that, then it's a problem with, with the broker because he had no problem with that. It was somebody else that did it. And yet it was that company that you're going, you know, if you're with that company, it'll bite you in the butt. Yeah. Um, and 24-7 support, it, 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 does that come right. into play with your business? That's huge. Everything like that would be huge. Anything you need, comm checks, things like that, that, that could come with, you know, a snap of a finger. That kind of stuff is huge. Um, the carrier, having a whole carrier division, checking your carriers, making sure that, you know, you, you're using the right guy uh, is a number, is really a number one thing because I hate to admit it because I like to just throw a carrier on whoever, but usually when the carrier division tells you it's not a good carrier to use, you shouldn't use them. Like and that's nine times out of 10. So mm-hmm. I'll take that and just not use that carrier and try to find someone else. Um, which kind of works backwards of, you know, wanting to use the carrier because of, of reasons of good pay and things like that. But, right. Right. Um, what is another, I mean, there's tons of reasons why, uh, well, what is your, so, so, and, and maybe your answer to this question and, and as a side note, you know, I want to respect your time. I know you're busy, so we're kind of running short here, but what, uh, it's been a phenomenal interview. What does your ideal brokerage company look like? And again, it, maybe some of the things you've already touched on uh, may flow into that. But uh, but but you've been doing this a while. Uh, you've had some success. What what you know? Um, what does your ideal brokerage well, company look like? I mean, I don't want to just say it to say it, but DNL, the, the company I work for, is is ideal. It's the perfect company, and, and there's reasons why. Uh, well, you know, they pay well. I mean. Your job is about money. I hate, you know, that's what you I hate to go back to money, but that's why you work. You right. work for money. Uh, they pay well, so that would be the number one. Um, protecting your customer base, uh, feeling secure with a company using your customers and, and, you know, your heart and soul, what you've worked your butt off for, having them, you know, understand what lanes you have and, and trusting in them is another reason that's number one for me really um and always trying to improve or never uh you know a company's always if if you're making money that's fine uh but you're always trying to improve there's always ways to make more money in different ways uh or trying to improve even if it goes down to uh your margins yeah. i mean you, you can improve your margins every day my margins would from you know let's say 13 percent to 20 percent you know in one year so improving margins is a big deal yeah um 
and you know, like the things like uh, like I just did, the President's Club and things like that for rewarding agencies are. <laughs> it's uh, above everyone else. No one else does that. So yeah, how was that? To trip? me, I think that kind of thing is great. It was a, it was a great trip. How was your golf? I had a round? great time go- golfing at Torrey Pines for two days, sitting on the beach. Had a great time. Enjoyed every bit of it. Yeah, it was fun. Well, Matt, you've been a heck of a guest. Is there anything that I didn't get to or you didn't mention that uh, you want to, you know, um, get in there? Or, no. or uh, I mean, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. It's been a great, uh, a great interview. No, I think it's been great, too. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the only thing is that I would think of is once you're in, you're in. I mean, once you're a freight broker, it's hard to uh, – it's hard to do anything else once you get a, a taste of success at it, really. Yep. Well, it's great feedback. Yep. Uh, again, appreciate it, and um, have, right. a great, uh, have a great have a great fishing trip. All right. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate right. it. Yep. See you, Matt. All right. Bye.